0: All right, we're going to get back into Revelation 6 today. We uh, finished five a couple, three weeks ago before our special holiday season messages. And then last week, of course, we went into Daniel chapter 9. So we, we covered the first two verses of Revelation chapter 6 when we finished up chapter 5. But I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to read beginning in verse 1 of Revelation 6 all the way through uh, verse 8. So Revelation 6, 1. Now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals. This is the seven seals. The first seal, I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a loud voice like thunder, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse. He who sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. And we discussed last time how this, we believe, is the coming forth at the beginning of the tribulation of the one world ruler, also known as the Antichrist. And initially his conquering will be peaceful. That's why he's on a white horse, and uh, he has a bow, a crown, not a sword, notice, but a bow, So this symbolizes a peaceful conquering through uh, various means. Peace treaties, negotiations, so forth. And then here's where we pick it up today. Verse 3, when he opened the second seal, the living creature opens the seal, or the lamb, rather, excuse me, opens the seal. I heard the second living creature saying, of course, the lamb is Jesus, Come and see another horse fiery red went out and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth and that people should kill one another and there was given to him a great sword. So that's the second seal. Third seal, scarcity on the earth. When he opened the third seal, I heard the living creature say, Come and see. So I looked and behold a black horse and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius and do not harm the oil and the wine. now the fourth seal widespread death on the earth. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying come and see. So I looked and behold a pale horse and the name of him who sat on it was death and Hades followed with him. And power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. And so these first four seals opened up here at the beginning of the tribulation. Of course, these are known as the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the unveiling. Let's pray. Father God, we ask you to bless this time in your word today. Continue to give us wisdom and guidance As we navigate these uh, treacherous waters of the last days, we thank you that our hope is in you, that you are with us, and if God be for us, who can be against us? Bless this study now, God, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so last week, again, or several weeks ago, we looked at that first seal. Now we're on the second seal, the second living creature. He opened the second seal, Jesus opens the seal the second living creature saying, come and see. Now, the four living creatures, if you recall, literally means beings, four living beings. They're a special exalted order of angels or cherubim. And their job is to guard the throne of God. And this, this is clear by their close proximity to his throne. Ezekiel 1, 12 through 20 suggests that they're in constant motion around the throne. Revelation 5, 6 through 14, which we've already covered, describes the duties or purposes of the four living creatures. They fall down and they worship the Lamb, Jesus Christ, and they offer the same reverence to Him that they do to the Father, Revelation 4, 6 through 9. So this is another of the many, 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 many confirmations in the Word of God that Jesus is co-equal with God, that He is God. He's the second person of the Trinity, Because these four living creatures, the cherubim, they worship Him in the same manner as they worship the Father. Remember, Jesus right now is seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. The second living creature says, Come and see. And then another horse, the second horse, fiery red, went out. And as you probably know already, red symbolizes war. It also symbolizes the Communist Chinese Party. Red symbolizes war. Everything about the second seal here, the second seal judgment indicates bloodshed. You got a red horse. It says that um, the one who sat on it, it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth. That is indicative of bloodshed. Then we have the sword, also indicative of bloodshed. It was granted to the one who sat on this red horse. What does that mean? Granted by God. No matter what happens on this earth, and again, there are many things that happen that could be attributed to the schemes of the devil, but ultimately God is in control. Nothing happens on this planet unless he wills it. Do we understand that? He allows trials, tribulations, difficulties to happen to his people to grow us, to strengthen us, to build endurance in us, to teach us. But then he also allows calamity on the wicked for purposes of judgment. And so it was granted to this one on the red horse To take peace from the earth. So we talked about at the beginning of the tribulation as he goes forth on the white horse to conquer, but it's a peaceful conquering because, as we studied last week in Daniel chapter 9, the tribulation kicks off with a Mideast peace treaty between Israel and all of her enemies, giving her and the rest of the world a false sense of peace enabling Israel to rebuild their temple and reestablish temple worship and temple sacrifice. But the peace will be short-lived because we see following right after the red horse, indicative of bloodshed. 1 Thessalonians 5, 3, For when they say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. So then, Again, the peace will come to an end rather quickly, but like a woman in labor, it'll be a gradual buildup. The pains, and for you ladies who have given birth, you know much better than we men. We men only know by anecdotal evidence. You guys know for real. The pains get worse and worse, stronger and stronger, I should say, and closer and closer together. The birthing is actually the birthing of the millennial kingdom of Christ. But again, once the baby's born, there's great rejoicing, right? But leading up to the birth, there's great pain. And we know that oftentimes, in the midst of that pain, the woman giving birth will say things to her husband that she wouldn't normally say. Like, I hate you. (laughs) You did this to me. Right? And so the process of getting from point A to point B, from the beginning of the tribulation to the second coming of Christ and the establishing of His millennial kingdom will be very painful. And that pain will get greater and greater until finally the birthing of a new world order under Jesus Christ. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. Now, keep in mind, when we read about these things, we often tend to think in generalities. But even though there will be a one world government, a one world economy, a one world religion, not every state, nation, kingdom is going to willingly submit to the Antichrist. And when some groups begin to rebel against his scheme to rule the world, He will no longer be the man of peace, but will reveal his true nature as a demonic world conqueror. So it's granted to the rider on the red horse to take peace from the earth that people should kill one another. This will be a massive escalation of that which is already happening, really. If you look around, we've already seen that now, in other parts of the world, those things have been going on for a long time. The Middle East has been a hotbed for decades, in fact, centuries. But in the United States of America, this is a fairly recent phenomenon where people are actually just killing one another for no good reason. We've seen the, uh, the destruction of cities across America, Antifa, BLM, other groups, fighting, killing, and it's going to be, this is nothing compared to what it will be in the tribulation. People will, should kill one another. So not just a matter of nation against nation, warfare and conflict between various nations, which will all be subdued by the Antichrist, by the way. They will ultimately come under his control. But this really speaks about just people on one another. And anybody in the tribulation who takes a stand for Christ, the book of Revelation indicates that they will be martyred for their faith, in fact, beheaded. As I mentioned um, several weeks ago, we talk about this idea that they will say peace and safety. I am of the opinion that nothing will give people a greater sense of peace and safety than to have all the Christians removed from the planet. There's more negativity being launched against Christians right now than any other group. You're not allowed to say anything bad about Muslims, but you can say anything you want about Jesus and his followers. We bug people, we make them nervous, they don't like us, because the presence of the Holy Spirit in us, we're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but the presence of the Holy Spirit in us drives them nuts. They don't like it. And when we're gone, they're going to celebrate big time. And they will say, peace and safety. God wisely, now if they even acknowledge God, all of a sudden they're probably going to believe in God and they're going to thank God for taking us out of here. And they're going to be convinced that whoever took us out, more than likely aliens... That's a prominent theory out there amongst the uh, secular, humanistic, new age crowd, is that if the rapture does happen, because they know about it, even if they don't believe in it, then their explanation will be that we were taken to another planet to be (laughs) re-educated. Well, they're already talking about re-education camps for conservatives, you know that, right? If the Democrats, the left, the liberals take full power in this nation, one of their goals is to re-educate you and re-educate me because we are crazy. Because we don't believe in abortion, we don't believe in gay marriage, we don't believe in transgenderism, we don't believe in drugs for everybody all day long, and therefore we are crazy and need to be re-educated. Don't you doubt me for a moment, folks. That's exactly what's going to happen. I'm not scared. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> Who are you going to call? Godbusters. <laughs> but that is what is coming. That people should kill one another. Now you and I would never go out and kill somebody because they're gay. God loves I want to clarify something. I came out very strongly last week against the ungodly things that are happening in our world. But God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. God loves the gay person. God loves the transgendered person. But He doesn't love their sin. We are called to love what God loves and to hate what God hates. God hates sin because sin destroys those who are created in His image. So I want to clarify that. I've had some very cordial encounters with gay people in the past and different ones. I have no issue with them. My issue with is this, the sin that has captured them. Jesus came to set the captives free. How do you know you've been set free when you're no longer captive to sin? Captive to those things which God says are an abomination. When you are set free from those, you are free indeed. And there was given to him a great sword. And again, we can see several things here. This indicates immense military power. Again, China, red China. Communist China is the emerging superpower in the world because of poor leadership in our country. And we're about to get some more of that if God doesn't intervene. We've seen a a great reversal over the last four years. But if Joe Biden takes office, it's all going to be gone. Another idea here with the sword. The sword is the symbol of what group? Islam. The Islamists. That's their weapon of choice. The sword. The scimitar. Used to behead. What will be the method of execution for Christians in the tribulation? Beheading. But there's also been more and more talk from different groups about the guillotine. Bringing the guillotine back. I remember how Lindsay talked about this in the 1970s. It sounded a little weird and a little wacky. I mean, I believed it. It made sense because how do you normally behead people? That's the most common way with a guillotine. But nobody used a guillotine in centuries. And now we actually have people, again, on the left, talking about bringing back the guillotine. There was given to him a great sword. And by the way, I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, President Trump had gone to Mar-a-Lago in Florida to celebrate New Year's, New Year's Eve party and all that. He returned to Washington, D.C. early, New Year's Eve day. The reason for his return, supposedly, is that there was an assassination plot to kill him in Mar-a-Lago on the part of the Iranians. They've been threatening him because he took out Soleimani the Iranian general that was the spearhead for terrorism, remember they took him out about a year ago? Iran has been threatening to take out Trump as a, an act of revenge, and the uh, word out was that they were going to do that in Florida, so he left and went back to the White House. China is reportedly in cahoots with Iran in this assassination attempt. And that just reminds us now, China has these Uyghur Muslims in concentration camps in China. It doesn't appear that they're particularly fond of Muslims. And yet, you've heard this expression the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And so, China is supposedly backing and supporting this assassination attempt of Donald Trump by Iran. Hasn't happened yet. By the grace of God and our prayers, it will not happen. Now, verse 5, he opened the third seal. I heard the third living creature say, come and see. So I looked and behold, a black horse. And he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. So white, the image of peace, a false peace. When this Antichrist first comes on the scene as the world leader, the Savior of the world, the Messiah, if you will. It's a false peace that gives way to red horse, bloodshed, warfare. Black in the scriptures is the image of fear, of famine, of death. Remember in the Middle Ages they had the black death, the black plague. And now, again, it's there's so much misinformation about this pandemic. On the one hand, the death toll numbers for this year, uh, for 2020, the year that just passed, was actually the same as the year before. Did you know that? Interesting. In spite of all the alleged deaths as a result of COVID-19, the total number of deaths for the year in America... We were no greater than the year before. How do you explain that? Now, the center, I believe it was the Centers for Disease Control, but there's been a report by one group that actually only 6% of the total number of COVID deaths recorded in America were a direct result of only COVID 19. Did you know that? 6%. So rather than 300,000, it's like 18,000. So that's one side of the coin. We know that most people who get it don't get that sick. Some do, especially the elderly, especially those with compromised immune systems, underlying conditions, and some people do die from it. But the death toll is way below 1% of those that contract the disease. And the younger you are, the farther that goes down. However, now here's the other side of the coin because we're talking here about black horse, fear, famine, death. The latest reports are that there are four new strains of COVID. Mutations. And supposedly each one is a little worse than the previous. And 70% more I don't want everybody to get up and walk out of here now. (laughs) Oh, by the way, I had two COVID tests this week, one drive-through and one rapid test, and they were both negative, okay? So you don't have to worry about getting it from me, all right? I needed those so that I could go to Washington, D.C. 70% more infectious than the first-generation strain. Now, again, all of this is subject to whether you can even believe these people. Dr. Fauci is a joke. Dr. Fauci is all over the map. Dr. Fauci is full of baloney. You thought I was going to say something else, didn't you? But that video that we showed last week is posted on our website, by the way, if you didn't get to watch it or you wanted to rewatch it, the link is posted on our website, okay, the 15-minute video from last Sunday. There's another guy that I've been watching, Brendan Fallon, Wide Angle News with Brendan Fallon. They're short 8 to 15-minute, sometimes 17-minute clips, and he's very balanced, very objective, and he was trying to present both sides of the coin on this COVID issue. And he's the one I got some of this information from. They're saying that the most severe mutation of these four new mutations uh, can actually attack the brain cells. There have been people bleeding from their eyes and some even trying to bite people. That's the report. And so they're calling it the zombie virus. I told you guys years ago when all this big zombie craze was going on and the walking dead and all this stuff, I told you years ago that this is prophetic and it has biblical significance, this obsession with zombieism. And that during the tribulation there would literally be people, zombie-like people on the planet. If for no other reason... The rejection of Christ, the rapture of the church, the plunging of the entire world under satanic influence. There's people already out there like zombies because you can tell them the truth and they just have a blank stare. We were talking about this this morning. Somebody said, how can you be a Christian and a Democrat? And on the surface, maybe that sounds bigoted, prejudiced, who are you to judge me and so forth? But I'm, let me ask you a simple question. Okay, Mr. or Mrs. Democrat Christian, do you believe in abortion? Because as a Christian, you cannot. If you believe in abortion and you say you're a Christian, then I, I will pray for you because I don't, you can't be a Christian and be in favor of abortion. Because Satan... <laughs> Satan is the destroyer. Satan is the God of death. Our God is the God of life. Okay, then I would ask Mr. or Mrs. Democrat or Independent or whoever you are, do you believe in gay marriage? Well, yeah, of course. It doesn't matter as long as you love somebody. You know? Love the one you're with, Stephen Stills. you know? Well, no, you, you can't be a Christian and be in favor of gay marriage because the Bible says a man must not lie with a man like a man lies with a woman. Okay? So you can't be a Christian if you believe in gay marriage. That's not godly. That's not biblical. It's an abomination unto the Lord. I've already clarified. As a person, as people, I love gay people. God loves them, but God hates their sin. He hates the sin of adultery. He hates the sin of fornication. He hates the sin of greed. He hates the sin of idolatry. But he loves the sinner. But just because he loves the sinner, he cannot and will not endorse their sinful activities. It's against his nature. He's perfect in all of his ways. He is holy. He is righteous. He is just. His standard is perfection. Sin means to miss the mark. The target is the perfection of God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all missed the mark. I don't stand up here claiming to be perfect. I am a sinner saved by grace. But I cannot and will not justify my sin. I will confess my sin. I will repent of my sin. I will make every effort to follow God, to follow Jesus Christ, to do the right thing. And when I fail, when I stumble, when I fall, I will be quick to confess, to repent and keep my eyes on Jesus. Do you believe in abortion? Yes or no? Do you believe in gay marriage? Yes or no? Do you believe in any kind of sexual perversion or deviation from what God tells us it should be? You see what I'm saying? And the thing is, it's not it's not rocket science. Maybe once upon a time, they were hiding their agenda, but it's no longer hidden. Joe Biden wants eight year olds to transition from male to female, female to male. The agenda's not hidden. It's all out right out there in public. The Black Horse, Black Death, Black Plague. One other point Nostradamus is a very controversial figure. How many of you have heard of Nostradamus? Many. Reportedly. About 70% of his prophecies have come true, written in the, eight, uh, the 1500s, I believe. I'm not associating N- Nostradamus with the Bible, biblically accurate predictions or the prophets of God from the Old and New Testament, but Nostradamus, one of his prophecies or predictions was that in the year 2021, there would be a zombie virus that would kill half the world's population. Interesting. Again, I don't tell you this to strike fear into your heart, but we are living in some very interesting times, are we not? I don't believe we are yet in the tribulation, but I would say we're awfully close. And we won't be here for it. But you know what? If I'm wrong, and you're wrong, and we are in the minority in terms of the overall body of Christ only about one-third of people in the body of Christ believe in the pre-tribulational rapture but the last time I checked in almost every instance the majority is never right so I I consider it a privilege to be in the minority just like I said two-thirds of the American church embraces replacement theology they don't believe that God has any plan for Israel anymore And I'm telling you, the plan is all about Israel. So, don't feel bad if you're in the minority. You're in good company, in my opinion. Okay, and he had a pair of scales in his hand. As the next verse indicates, the scales would seem to indicate Severe rationing of the world's food supplies. Haven't we already begun to see this? How many of you have been into the stores and seen all those empty shelves? We've taken pictures of them. My wife and I, we go into the store. Entire aisles empty, right? It's already beginning, and prices are going up. A severe rationing of the world's food supplies, which means no more abundance for nations like America. We've been spoiled... We've been blessed, we've been spoiled, we've experienced tremendous abundance like no time in human history. And people come here from other countries and they're shocked when they go into our grocery stores, department stores, and they see the abundance, but it's going to be disappearing. The Antichrist will be the ultimate socialist, communist dictator. You ain't seen nothing yet. And don't worry, it's not Joe Biden. There's no way. He's too weak, he's too feeble. Now, if they created a holographic image controlled, perhaps, you never know. Not going to happen. I made a lot of people mad. In 2008, left the church because I said Barack Obama may not be the Antichrist, but he'll do until the real one comes along. And he's still back behind the scenes. You know that, right? And I'm still not ready to proclaim him as the Antichrist, but he certainly has many of the attributes that one would expect. He even joked around one of his comments at one of those journalistic dinners where they're supposed to joke around and roast one another he said uh, contrary to popular belief I was not born in a manger did you guys know that does that sound pretty blasphemous and then he talked about the time that he met Morgan Freeman Morgan Freeman played God in a movie called Bruce Almighty with Jim Carrey I thought it was kind of a cute movie actually it proved that God is God and we're not. He had a good message. But Barack Obama says, yes, I remember the time I met Morgan Freeman. He was God before I was. Look up these quotes, my friends. Barack Obama made multiple messianic statements. If he's not the Antichrist, he's a good stand-in. Be on the watch, the lookout for somebody like him. You remember when he went to Berlin, Germany, before he was elected the first time, 100,000 people gathered there at that big ark in Berlin to see him. He had international adoration and still does to some degree. And there, there are those who say that he will actually be the man behind the screen for the next four years at least. Keep those things in mind. No, I'm serious. When you think about what's it going to take to bring someone to the forefront whom the whole world will embrace and endorse and follow. Now, Adolf Hitler, he had the German people under his spell, but in many ways, it was out of fear. When the Antichrist comes to power, it won't be out of fear. It'll be out of admiration, adoration, exaltation. Can you think of anybody on the planet right now that exemplifies that more than Barack Obama? Because I can't. And again, I'm not telling you he's the Antichrist, but he's a darn good role model. He's a darn good example of what the Antichrist could be like. One of the most common byproducts of warfare is the shortage of food. Now, we've been under assault through biological warfare with this COVID virus. There's there's hardly any doubt whatsoever, in spite of the fact that, again, the mainstream media, the political liberals on the left, Dr. Fauci, none of them will admit that this was created in the Wuhan Biological laboratory. Did you know that the United States was involved in setting up that laboratory? Dr. Fauci was involved in setting up that laboratory. I have no doubt that the virus was created in that laboratory. We've been under biological attack for, for a year. That's one form of warfare, and we've seen the results. But there are many more on the horizon. Verse 6. I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius. And do not harm the oil and the wine. A denarius was a Roman silver coin that had a normal purchasing power of ten quarts of wheat or thirty quarts of barley. And yet here we read, that now during the tribulation, it'll be reduced to one-tenth of its normal value. And by the way, there is talk of the downward spiral of the American dollar, the value. We're moving more and more towards a digital currency. More and more bank branches are closing every day now, supposedly because of COVID. Maybe, maybe not. It's getting harder and harder to get your hands on cold, hard cash. And the way things are going, it may not be worth very much, much longer. So, the denarius reduced to one-tenth of its value, a silver coin. One quart of wheat was the daily ration for a soldier. So a daily wage in the tribulation will buy food for only one person who will have to share that ration with his entire family. The same denarius would buy enough barley for three people, so barley being considered to be not as desirable as wheat, if you're willing to go with the uh, bar S. francs for 99 cents rather than the uh, Nathan's hot dogs for $4, then you can spread them farther. And do not harm the oil and the wine. Now, olives and their oil, as well as grapes, vineyards, and wine, were not luxuries in John's day. Today, particularly in our culture, now if you go to Israel, the fact that uh, Israel has been able to reestablish their their olive groves and their vineyards is a big thing. Because this is a fulfillment of God's promises to them, that these things have been restored. So it's a big deal in that Israeli culture in the Middle East. But in biblical times, the oil and the wine were essential commodities. They were life-staining essentials. And starved, in a starving, crazed world, what this is telling us is essential commodities will be subject to plundering and pillaging. And again, we've already seen that, haven't we? Over the last year, with all of the destruction in these major cities, the plundering, the pillaging, And there was one BLM spokesperson, a woman, who got up and said it's perfectly justifiable to, you know, plunder, pillage Macy's, uh, you name it, whatever store, because grocery stores, you name it, because these people need these things to survive, so therefore it's okay. And by the way, it's reparations for slavery. And by the way, there's... Increased talk. I've been telling you about this for quite a while, too. This idea of a universal income. We've seen these uh, pandemic relief checks. They're supposed to, Some more supposed to come out. President Trump wanted us to have $2,000 apiece. They wouldn't do it. They only wanted to do $600 apiece. But what this is doing, it's preparing people to get used to receiving money from the government, you see. Now, if they're going to send it, I'm going to spend it. <laughs> But the problem is it's preparing people to be supported by the government. And then the government decides how much you should have, which is not going to be that much. They want to get everyone used to being in poverty, basically. Because when everyone's in poverty, oh, gee, I kind of remember a place called the Soviet Union. Now, I went to um, the Ukraine, 2000, 2001, right in there. We had sent a missionary over there, and Carl Peterson and I went over to visit him. And European country, Eastern European, but European nonetheless, Ukraine. We met a lady there, 40-something, I would say. Wouldn't you, Carl? Yeah. Yeah. She had to give Carl an examination. He'd been ill. I, I, I videotaped it, actually. We had a lot of fun with that. (laughs) This lady, you know, had all the education, the degrees, the training, the experience. This doctor in 2001 was making $50 a month in the Ukraine. We went to visit our missionary, Shane. He was living in an apartment building. Very third world. Very third world. Dirty, dusky, musky. What was the deal with that elevator? That was scary in and of itself. Yeah, it wasn't working. We had to use the stairs. I mean, it was really squalor. And this is a European country. This is not some Latin American country or communism. We witnessed firsthand just a small segment of the devastation that was created by 70 years under communist rule in Eastern Europe. You've all heard the stories. You've read the stories. And then recently, we, New Mexico made the national news with our governor when she was shutting down Costco's and Walmart's and Target's, remember? Because somebody got COVID in there. And the national news said this is the newest incarnation of what's known as the bread line. So we've got people 80, 90 years old waiting in line in the cold to get some groceries, pregnant women. You know, I'm pointing all this out, folks, because for those who doubt the validity and the veracity of the things that we're studying in the book of Revelation, you're seeing them right in front of your face at this very moment. So it's not fantasy. It's not a fairy tale. It's reality. Again, as believers, we have no need or no reason to fear. Do you believe that? But does that mean we should hide our heads in the sand and ignore it? No. The more aware we are, the more understanding we are. Again, we don't know. Only God knows where that line is. Between we believers being caught up to meet the Lord in the air, raptured out of here, how bad will it get before that happens? We don't know. We don't know. I've been watching it since the early 70s when prophecy really began to come back into the forefront through men like Hal Lindsey, Salem Kerban. Probably don't even remember him. He wrote the book 666. There was a really, at the beginning of the Jesus movement in the early 70s, there was this tremendous upsurge in interest regarding prophecy in the last days. So throughout my entire adult life as a believer, even into in my late teens, I've been anxiously watching for and waiting for the rapture of the church. And now it's 50 years later, and we're that much closer. But only God knows the exact moment, and we must be prepared for whatever comes our way, knowing that we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. We have the victory in Jesus Christ. <sighs> So this is not a message of doom and gloom. It is for the unbelieving world. It is for those who will be left behind. It is a message of doom and gloom. So for anybody watching right now on the internet, I would say get right with God. Receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior this very day. That's the way you prepare. That's the number one way. There are other more practical ways, but the number one way is to make sure that you're in right relationship with God. So, again, do not harm the oil and the wine. Life-sustaining essentials. In a starving, crazed world, essential commodities will be subject to plundering, pillaging, and undoubtedly, they will need armed guards to protect these things. Again, something that's been going on in other countries for a long time, but now we're beginning to see it in our own country that the time is coming when people will go to the grocery store And they'll be surrounded by armed guards. And you see, the thing is, and again, it's interesting, all these things going on, Biden, Harris, globalism, shutdowns, the globalists cannot allow a prosperous America because their goal is to bring everyone under submission. And see, that's why they hate Donald Trump. Because prior to the pandemic, we had the lowest unemployment rate in 60 years. All the factories were coming back to America. We were putting tariffs on China. We were calling their bluff. And that doesn't fit with the global agenda. America has to be brought down. America has to be in submission. America has to be poor like everybody else. Verse 7, when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come and see. You see, individual and populist prosperity breeds freedom and liberty for all. And they don't want that. But here's the fourth seal. Verse 8, I looked and behold a pale horse and the name of him who sat on it was death. And Hades followed with him and a power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword with hunger with death and by the beasts of the earth. The pale horse, his name was Death. So the scripture here makes it clear that this fourth horse represents... Now there's always been death, ever since Adam and Eve sinned. Cain slew Abel. From the beginning of human history, there's been death, but this speaks of death on a global scale. And Hades followed with him, ready and anxious to scoop up the soul's of massive numbers of people who will die in this worldwide calamity. Power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill. Early in the tribulation, one fourth of the earth's population, which right now would be probably about 1.75 billion, almost 2 billion people, will be killed by the following things the sword, which is warfare. Again, who uses the sword today primarily? doesn't mean just the sword, it symbolizes massive military power, but the sword is the weapon of choice for the Islamists. With the sword, or warfare, with hunger, widespread famine, with death, another outgrowth of warfare and famine is disease. When you have warfare, when you have destruction, everything's in chaos and ruin, You have unclean water, you have poor sanitation conditions, epidemics, pandemics. We've already seen, even prior to this COVID pandemic, uh, the Zika, chichungunya, remember that one? (laughs) Ebola, a resurgence of tuberculosis and measles, and a lot of that because of open borders, which again, under President Trump, went into lockdown mode. But now the new regime is talking about opening it all up again. They've even threatened to tear down the wall that Trump built to give blanket amnesty to every illegal alien. And they're all getting ready. There's a new caravan forming in Honduras just waiting for Biden to get inaugurated so they can come up. Finally, very interestingly, by the beasts of the earth, in the midst of all this warfare, death, disease, and destruction, the animal kingdom will apparently turn on the human populace in an extreme manner. Have you ever seen that movie Cujo? (laughs) The animal kingdom is going to rise up and they've reported that as a result of the lockdown, areas where a lot of the wildlife and so forth had been greatly diminished, it's resurging. Good for the animal kingdom, perhaps not so good for the human beings. The beasts of the field, the beasts of the earth. The animals will probably experience a food shortage as well. So those alive on the earth will become food for the beasts of the field. This is only the fourth seal, folks. We've got a long ways to go. The fourth of the first three series of judgments. Let's stand. Let's pray. Father God, we're looking at some wild and crazy stuff here, but Lord, but we know as we talked about at the very beginning that you are still in control. There is no power or authority on this earth that has not been given that power and authority by you, Father. And we know that your intentions for us as your people are for good and not for evil. And Lord, what the enemy intends for evil, you will still use for good in our lives. So Father, we pray that you would guard our hearts and minds, that we would not give way to fear, to doubt, to anxiety. You have given us the peace that passes all understanding. Help us to hold on to that, Father, not to give way to the crazy, scary things that are happening in our world. Lord, we know it has to go like this. It's always darkest before the dawn. And we know that all this is going to lead to the rapture of the church, first of all, and then ultimately to the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, where we return with Him to establish His millennial kingdom here on the earth. Father, keep us strong. Lord, work within us patience, endurance, strength, determination to stand firm, Father, on the truth of your word and on the truth of who you are. And, Father, we pray right now for anyone watching, anyone here this morning in this service or anyone watching online that does not know where they stand with you, Father. They don't have a confidence, an assurance of eternal life through Jesus Christ that you would... Help them right now to take that step of faith, to confess their sins, to repent, and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Father, we know the time is short. The number one thing we can do to prepare for what lies ahead is to make sure that we are in right relationship with you, and that can only happen as we embrace your Son, Jesus Christ, as our Lord and Savior. And before we close, I'd like to ask anyone needing prayer, if you'd raise your hand right now, please. I'd like to pray for you, whether it's for health or... Wisdom, guidance, whatever it might be. Repair of relationships. God knows what's going on in your life. He knows what your needs are. Raise your hand. I'd like to pray for you. Okay, Father, we lift up all those that have raised their hands. You know each one. You're amazing, God. You know all things. You're omnipotent. You're all powerful. You're omniscient. You're all-knowing. You're omnipresent. You're everywhere. And so we know right now we can lift up each one of these people to you this morning And you know exactly what's going on in their lives. Father, we pray if it's a broken relationship that you would give wisdom and guidance as to how that relationship might be healed, if at all possible. And Lord, if not, that you would give peace to the one raising their hand, hoping and praying for a broken relationship. But Lord, we know it takes both parties to participate. And sometimes the other party's not willing. But Lord, you said as much as is possible, With us to be at peace with all men lord help us to be peacemakers as much as we possibly can and lord when we cannot to accept that and to rest in you and trust in you lord we pray for those with health issues this morning lord we've had so many testimonies praise reports of people being healed delivered from illness disease injuries lord we thank you and we praise you for all those that have already been healed, and we pray for these that need healing now that you would pour out your healing oil upon them. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon them and bring healing to their bodies. Whatever it might be, Father flus, colds, allergies, COVID virus whatever it might be we pray for healing to come upon each one now. Lord, for encouragement for those who are discouraged. Lord, for peace for those who are anxious. Lord, you know each heart. Just minister to each of these that have raised their hands this morning. We agree together that you would help them if it's a financial need, uh, employment issues, whatever it might be, Father. We lift it all up to you, and we thank you right now for the answers that are on their way. In Jesus' name, amen.